Yeah, let's honor him this morning. Amen. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. I want you to take your Bible real quickly. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 3. Just remain standing for just a second. Acts chapter number 3. Matter of fact, we're going to read one verse in Acts chapter number 2, the very last verse. And, uh, and then we will uh, continue with our message this morning. Acts chapter number 3. Uh, if you are here for the very first time, if you are here for the very first time and you filled out one of those prayer cards, man, we want to go ahead and take them up if we can. If you filled out one of those prayer cards, if you will, if you'll hold it up right where you are, just hold it up so we can see it. We're going to run and collect them way down here on the front. All right, right here in the middle. There we go. And make sure we get them all. If we miss you, just throw it at somebody. We'll find it. Amen? All right. Church, let's give all them a hand for being with us today. Let them know how glad you are to see them. Amen. All right. Let's look in Acts chapter uh, uh, number 2, verse 47. Very last verse of, of chapter 2, and then we'll read in, in chapter number 3. If you found your spot, say amen. It says, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In other words, God was adding to the church every day all those that were getting saved. It wasn't just a Sunday thing. It was an everyday thing. Now see, most, most Christians can't comprehend that because their idea of church is what happens on Sunday. But you need to, you need to understand Church is not where you go. Church is what you are. And wherever we go, we take church with us. When we go to the field, we take church with us. We are the church. We're the body of Christ. And this was happening daily. Folks were getting saved daily. God was touching people daily. And then chapter 3, now we find out how that takes place. How did that happen on a daily basis? It says this. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate at the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. In other words, he was looking for some charity. He was looking for a handout. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. He was a Baptist, amen. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, does anybody got a good imagination and imagine that scene in your mind? This dude has been crippled his whole life. I mean, never has walked, never, never has been able to run, never has danced in his life. I mean nothing whatsoever. Then all of a sudden, now he's got strength in his legs. Now he can walk. Now he can run. Now he can hop up and down. Man, what you talking about? What a change Jesus made in this guy's life. Amen. Father, help us today. Help us to get truth in our hearts. Help us to get help in our souls. 
I pray, God, that you'll move in a great way. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And while you're sitting down, I want you to look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. And I want you to say the title of the message today. Say it with me. Hello. Y'all seen that commercial? That's great, ain't it? Hello. All right. Uh, say it with me. Come on, look at your neighbor. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say, hello. I'm a missionary. Hello. I'm a missionary. Y'all are really enjoying the hello part way too much. Amen. We, we watch way too much TV. Amen. Uh, hello. I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary. You know, I, I grew up in church my whole life. Y'all know that. I grew up a pastor's son. So, so uh, I grew up and seeing missionaries come from Africa and missionaries go to China and, and, and missionaries go to all these, all these wild and crazy places. And, and, I, and, you know, I thought that is a missionary. A missionary is somebody that leaves our country and goes somewhere else and tells somebody about Jesus. But do you realize that if you are here today and you are saved, you're born again, you know Christ is your Savior, you have an obligation to be a missionary. You say, what is a missionary? A missionary is just somebody who tells somebody else about what good news and what good things God has done for him. For instance, watch this guy right here. In, in, in uh, Mark chapter number 5, in Mark chapter number 5, y'all remember that guy that was running around in the tombs and the graveyard that was naked and running around cutting himself and doing all kinds of bad stuff? And, and Jesus comes, and, and, and when he met Jesus, he was sitting clothed in his right mind. Jesus changed his life, cast out the demons, and, and fixed everything. Y'all remember that guy? Well, in this verse, this is what the Bible says. Jesus was fixing to leave, and this guy wanted to go with him. He wanted to stay with Jesus and go with him. And the Bible says in Mark 5, 19, how be it, Jesus suffered him not, said, don't, don't, you can't go with me. He says, but go home to thy friends and tell them how great things that the Lord hath done for thee and hath con had compassion on thee. And he departed, watch what he did. And he began, he didn't go to seminary. He didn't go get support. This is what he did. He began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. How many of y'all are in here saved and you're not ashamed of it? Raise your hand. You're saved and you're not ashamed of it. Do you realize God has done something good for you? Do you realize, you say, what, what good has God done for me? He forgave somebody that didn't deserve forgiving. He redeemed somebody that didn't deserve redeeming. He delivered somebody that didn't deserve delivering. He is preparing your home in heaven. He saved you from an awful place called hell. He came to this earth and died on an old rugged cross. He went into the grave, got back up, and he's living on the throne today just for you. He's been good. Great things he's done for me. He saved my soul. He's made me a home in heaven. He's given me a future. He's given me a cool family to meet every single week to encourage and lift up. Man, God's been good to me. And you know, since he's been good to us, we have an obligation to go tell somebody. You know why? Hello. I'm a missionary. I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody. Now, here's what happens. Here's what happens. When we think the word missionary, I'm going to say the word, and this is what's going to come to your mind. When we think the word missionary, this is what pops in your head. Would you, would you admit to this? Right here. Is this what you think? Is this, you know, I mean, I would think this. This is what I think. I see that. Dude needs a missionary. How about this? I think a missionary. 
I think a missionary. Here's a missionary. This is Brother Philip. If y'all remember, uh, Brother Philip came with Brother Ben Bounds. He was here and uh, shared a word with us. That's him under, under, in a village, in a village, in a jungle, being a... Now, how many of y'all, when you hear the word missionary, this is what you picture in your mind. Would you... Would, I mean, that's, that's what I do. All right, watch the next one. Now, I think missionary. Think a third world country, a third world country. This could be... This could be Winston County. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It could be Blair. I don't know. Battleground. Who knows? Uh, uh, missionary. Missionary. Now, now, come on. Now, don't act like y'all ain't never seen nothing that looked like this. Amen. Y'all ease up a little bit. I, I went by and seen a goat mowing the yard on right here on 157, so I don't want to hear it. Amen. Just move the goat as you need grass cut. Amen. Only in Alabama. Amen. All right. Now, so, so in, the, in our minds, and by the way, this is not Winston County. This is across the ocean, all right? But are y'all kind of getting what I'm trying to say? When you think missionary, this is what we think. But you know what? This is what we need to think. This is at West Point. This is around the pole. Listen, if this week, if this week did not tell us anything, it revealed to us how desperately our country needs God. This is a, these, are, these are missionaries. Watch this. This is a TSM student in one of the, one of the classes here in, 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 in town. Uh, this is a TSM uh, teenager sharing uh, the gospel, the good news with, with young people. Isn't that cool from our church? Now, this is a missionary. How many of y'all know this is a mission field? God knows Walmart needs some missionaries. Say amen. Can y'all tell me why they have 72,000 registers and two people working them? That is a mystery. Amen. We, we need to call security or something. Amen. Uh, how about it, guys? How about it? That's a mission field. You know why? Hello? We're all missionaries. We all have a responsibility. We all have a responsibility to tell somebody what God's done for us. Now here's the deal. How do we determine our field? You see, when I was 17 years old, when I was 17 years old, I surrendered to preach. I was still in high school. Uh, I surrendered to preach. I felt like that's what God wanted me to do, and I knew God was calling me, and I finally surrendered to preach, scared to death. I mean, terrified. I mean, I was. I, I, I fulfilled the Bible verse. I was in fear and trembling. I'm telling you, it was, it was the scariest thing I ever did. And, you know, at that point, God called me. He knew that there was a place on the corner of Campground Road and 157 that was going to need a pastor, and he called me. Hey, before I'll, I'll even go before that. Uh, in 1973, when I arrived into this world in Martin County, listen, in that hospital, before I breathed the first breath of air that I ever took into my lungs, God had a plan and a purpose and a calling for my life right here. But there are missionaries that are called to, to Uganda. There are missionaries that are called to China. I've got friends of mine. I've got cousins in Turkey right now. I've got, I've got friends of mine in Mexico right now. They have been called to those places. But, but matter of fact, we're going to celebrate tonight. Brother Scott, we're going to have a great time, a celebration tonight. Brother Scott has been called up toward Huntsville. He's pastoring a church up there. Come out of our church and God has called him there. But what determines our field? What determines our field? Because that's what we call it, the mission 
field. That is where they serve. That is where they operate. That is where they do their thing. So what determines ours? You say, preacher, I'm not called to Uganda. I'm not called to Zimbabwe. Yes, but you are still called right here. If God has you in Coleman, you're a missionary to Coleman. If you're on a road trip and you end up in, in Missouri, you're a missionary to Missouri. If you are in Texas, if you are in Florida, wherever you're at, that's where you are a missionary. How do we do that? You know what they did right here? Let's, let's look at this. Let's look at this. The Bible says that they're Peter, Peter and John... They're just doing their thing, man. I mean, they just—they just—they're they're probably talking and cutting up, having a big time. Because you got to understand, when, when sometimes when you read the Bible and you think disciples, you think they walk around like, oh, oh, that ain't the way it was. They were fishermen. You know, they probably knew dirty jokes. What fishermen did you don't know one? See, you got to get this in your head. They were human. They were just real people, just like you and me. I know, I know Peter had a, a, a dirty mouth. He got in trouble for it. Say amen. Amen. It's in the Bible. It's right there. But the point is, they were just regular people doing their thing, walking, walking, going to the temple in our prayer, just minding their own business, and all of a sudden, here's this crippled guy. And doing in their daily, daily business, here this man is, right in front of them. They have been presented with an opportunity. How will we know our field? Where will we get our field that we are to work in? As we take advantage of the opportunities that God has given us. You don't have to go to Uganda to be a missionary. You don't have to go to Zimbabwe to be a missionary. You don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to go to China. You can be a missionary at Walmart. There's people all around us. The, the, the problem is, is we're not taking advantage of opportunities. We were sitting, we were sitting in, in, uh, uh, in the, right outside the, 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 neuro, the neuro intensive care in the Huntsville Hospital when Andrew was up there right after his wreck. And they would let us go in at certain hours and certain periods of time and everything. And, and when right before the time where they would let you in, the families would gather in that hallway waiting for them to open the doors so you could go in and, and sit with your family or, or visit your, your people or whoever's in there. And we were all standing there, and we'd always, we'd always kind of like lean against the walls, and we, we would gather in there. And then out of the corner of my eye, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a, 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 a young lady uh, just balled up kind of in the fetal position and her arms wrapped around her head buried in her knees. She reminded me so much of my niece. I mean, it was incredible. Uh, and she was sitting over there weeping. And boy, God just impressed upon my heart and said, "You need to. she needs ministering. You need to go help her. I went over there and knelt down beside her and put my hand on her shoulder. And I said, I said, honey, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can pray about? Any, any? And, and she was there. Her mother was in intensive care on life support. Wasn't going to make it. And she was there all by herself. Didn't have any family around, didn't have any. And here she, what did God just give me? An opportunity. And I prayed with her and we kind of we kind of loved on her a little bit and, and, and made sure and kept checking in with her, you know, while we were there. And here's the thing. It's not difficult. We just have to be willing to take advantage of every that God presents us. 
How about Jesus? Jesus was a great illustration of this. Jesus is going through Samaria, comes upon a well. He's tired. He's wore out. The Bible says he was weary with his journey, so he sat down at the well. The disciples went in to get food. And they, listen, while they were going to get food, this woman who had issues, she had problems, man. She comes to the well, and she goes to get water. So Jesus strikes up a conversation with her and, listen, uses the well water to introduce her to live in water. What did he do? He didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't jump up on a stool and say, get your Bible. He, you know, he just took advantage of how many opportunities are we given every single day that we either ignore or we don't take advantage of to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Listen, I, I, I've, I, know, I know missionaries right now that's over in, in England. And England's a cold place to the gospel. I mean, it's spiritually, it's, 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 they, they have turned their back on God, and America is quickly turning into that. And it is, when it comes to spiritual things and the gospel and the word of God, I mean, it is a very, very, very difficult place to minister to. And these guys are standing on street corners, shouting, and they're called street preaching, screaming at everybody, telling them they're going to hell. Now, I've seen a picture of their church service, and there might have been seven or eight people in their church service. You know why? Because that stuff don't work. You can't, listen, being offensive, being offensive is not a smart way to be a Christian. And you say, well, you're criticizing, they're doing it. No, I think what I'm trying to say is let's use some common sense. Do you know the Bible says a man offended is harder to be won than a strong city? Now, we can stand on the street corner of Coleman all we want to and tell everybody they're going to hell, but you're not going to win anybody. But what if you see a need that they have? Because, see, this brings us to the second thing. We, we know our field by the opportunities that arise around us. Then I want you to see the missionary and his focus. Not just the field, but I want you to see the missionary and his focus. Do you know what he, he when he come by... The Bible says that Peter fastened his eyes on him. And do you know what Peter saw when he looked at this guy? His problem. His problem. Because that was the very thing that he addressed. His. Now let me, can, can I get real a minute? Can I pastor and just, just because I, I'm going to put myself right here. Because I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. Sometimes when I see people's problems, it's more of a nuisance to me. Would y'all agree with that? Sometimes I have to deal with problems so much and, and in such a way that sometimes I just get frustrated and I see somebody with, with their problem and I'm like, oh. the very thing that I want to choke my kids to death when they do to me. How many of y'all have ever rolled your eyes when you saw somebody's issue? Look at that drunk. Look at that meth addict. Look at that homeless person that wasted their stuff away on gambling. Look at that. <coughs> and we'll see these problems. And, and, and we will treat it as a nuisance or an aggravation or, or as a criticism. But what Peter did, getting quiet because we're all guilty, I think. It really didn't matter how this guy got in this predicament. The only thing that mattered 
because he was crippled. He had a problem. And Peter helped him find a fix for his problem. I said this in the early service about Miss Carla. Miss Carla, about a year ago, about maybe longer than that now, I don't know. She come to church and had a problem. And and through the ministry of this church, she got a lot of help for her problem. And now everywhere she goes, she's finding people with problems and telling them about Jesus. Everywhere she goes, she finds people with a problem. And she said, man, you got to come to church. And everywhere she goes, I mean in the bus station, in, in, in the grocery store, every time I turn around, she's texting my phone saying, I, I got somebody you need to talk to. Or she's telling people, you need to go see the priest. I said, quit doing that. But you know all she can see? She don't look down on them. She don't look down on them because they got a problem. All she sees is, hey, I know somebody can fix that problem. See, do we view it? Do we view an issue that people have as an opportunity to lead them to Christ? Or we view it as a nuisance? Be honest. Be honest. You know, what if more Christians had, had, had more confidence that God can be a problem solver when they run into people with problems? And by the way, probably 85% of the people, I said 75, but I was being very conservative in the second service. I, I'm going to bump it up to 85. Probably 85% of people in this room that, that found Jesus found them because you had a problem. Because you see, our human nature is we try to fix everything on our own. Are y'all with me? We try to fix all of our problems ourselves. And then when we run out of answers, we don't have nobody, nobody, nobody to turn to. So we turn to, help me, God, because we got to. So how are we really any different than folks that ain't found him yet? The only difference between you and them is you found him already. Or let me say this, he's found you already. I know this is tough. I, you know, because I, sometimes I can be real critical and I don't want to be critical. And God, I'm telling you, God in this whole message, through the whole message, this one area right here, God pierced my heart more about is because when you see people in their issue, does, you, does the issue make you mad or does it get you frustrated? Or do you see it as an opportunity to use that issue to get them where they need to be? And I think that's where the American church has really dropped the ball and fumbled the ball is we get frustrated people with a problem, but we forgot we had a problem too. Do you realize God can sober up any drunk there ever was? You realize God can sober up a crack addict, a meth addict? You realize, hey, hey, let me, let, me, let me just go a little bit further than that. Hey, God can fix a gossiper. God can fix a hypocrite. God can fi- uh, Do y'all want me to go on or we won't stay right there? Amen. Hey, let's see people. Instead of trying to discern and tell them what they did wrong to get into the shape they're in, why don't we just tell them about the one who can get them out of it? Amen? He's a problem fixer. Peter looked at this guy. Silver and gold. I ain't got no money, buddy. But I can tell you about somebody who's better than money. 
He said, silver and gold are by number, such as I have, give I thee. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand. Let me tell you something. I know what you're thinking. What about, well, that's healing. He, he healed him. He had the ability to heal him. All you got to do is have the ability to help somebody fix their problem. Their problem may not be that they're crippled. Their problem may be that they're addicted to something they can't get over. Why? They shouldn't be addicted. Well, you can't put Diet Coke down. I'm having real issues with Whoppers right now. I fell off the wagon. I ain't lying. I was doing really good. Amen. My pants wasn't fitting and I had to bundle. They're starting to fit again. Amen. I, I got I to quit. It's amazing to me how everybody else's sins always worse than our own. Let's, 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 let's look at it and say, God can help you with that. I don't care what it is. God can help you with that. If he can help me, he can help you. Amen? Lastly, lastly, let's hurry. We see the missionary in his field. Now, how many of y'all would all agree? Before we can get out of here, we, can, we need to agree on something. How many of y'all agree we're all missionaries? And wherever you happen to be is the field that God has you working in, right? And we're to take advantage of the opportunities God gives us every day. Amen? The second thing, we find the missionary in his focus. Let's look at people's problems, not as nuisance, not as, not as things that should frustrate us, but as opportunities to lead them to someone who can fix it. Amen? Then lastly, this is the coolest part. I want you to see the missionary and his find. F-I-N-D. Because this might motivate you to want to help somebody. Now, everybody pay, pay close attention because you've got to get this. You've got to get this. Put your pens down and paper and just right here. The Bible says when that crowd heard about what happened, there's a big commotion. I mean, you've got to understand, this guy's been crippled his whole life. Everybody knows him as the cripple. He's the lame man. He's the beggar. And word gets, how many of y'all know gossip spreads faster than anything on the planet? And word gets around, you know the lame man's walking? He said, oh, come on, man. I'm telling you, he's right there. He's right now. He's right there at the temple. And they start coming. Everybody, the whole crowd come to see what's going on. Watch what they see when they get there. Verse 11. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. What's that mean? Here's how I'm at. Y'all know I got imagination. A good one. This is what's in my mind. I can't help it. This is what's in my mind. He's holding them guys. All I can see is Peter in a headlock and John in a headlock. You've been crippled all your life, and they just fixed you. How would you act? Boy, if I could dance, I'd cut a rug right here. Amen. I'm talking about he was so happy. He was leaping. He was praising God. And he wouldn't let them go. He found a friend. Here's the deal. So I don't have no friends. If you find somebody with a problem, help them fix their problem, and you'll have a friend for life. Getting friends is easy. It's easy. Find somebody with a problem. Help them with their problem. And you'll have a friend for life. I got a good friend named P.A. Owen. O.P. Paul Allen Owen. He was 
a wild and crazy individual, big guy, just big old husky, rough, cussing, mean, just, just, a, just a bad guy. He was a good guy, but he was a bad guy. He was, y'all know the point. He was just, and, and he was a captain of the Bomber County Jail. I mean, he had to be tough, mean. I mean, he had to deal with people in the jail all the time and fight. I mean, he told me stories that curl your hair. I'm telling you, it's just unbelievable. And, well, this guy worked with, a, with a, a group of guys that worked in construction. They owned a little business. And, and his partner went to church with, with where I pastored there in South Carolina. His name was Harry Botterford. Well, Harry, Harry uh, asked me one day, said, Preacher, we need some help. We need some extra labor. And uh, 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 what that meant is we need some dumb people that's strong and can carry boards. Hey, Amen. That's, that's basically what that meant. We need somebody to come help us and, uh, and, and work. And, uh, would, you want to come help? I said, yeah, man, I'd love to. Well, here we go. I'm wide open. And, 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 and when, I was, when I was 21 and 22, you think I'm crazy now. I mean, I was wide open at that age. And I'm telling you, I thought, I thought that everybody ought to know who Jesus was and everybody loved God as much as I did. And here we go. And here... P.A. and M.C. run head on into each other. And he watched me like a hawk. And we and trust me, son, I learned stuff on that job that I didn't know. I, I heard stuff that would make a sailor blush with shame. Say amen. I mean, it was a rough deal. And we he just he just started, he just took a liking to me for some reason. And here we are, and, and we would cut up, and he started coming to church. And he'd sit way back there on that back row. I mean, the very last one. And in that little church, in that little church, there was there was pews that was right in the middle, and there was like little pews on this side and then little pews on that side. But on the very back wall, there was a pew, and there was a door on this side and a door on that side to go outside. And he was hankering right there beside the door on the right. And he wouldn't move. I mean, he was sitting there, and I'd preach just as hard as I could, wide open. And man, he started getting out. I mean, he's the type. He's the type of guy who would come to church with a cooler beer in a, in the trunk of his car. I hope that is a strange situation. Say amen. Anyhow, we got beer sniffing dogs in the parking lot right now. All right, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyhow, one night, one night, uh, about two o'clock in the morning, we were sitting at the hood of his truck. And I was witness to him the best I could witness, wide open, as hard as I could go. He had tears in his eyes. And he kept saying, he said, he said, he said, preach, I just want it to be real. I just want it to be real. Because he had seen so many hypocrites. He had seen so many fakes. People that would go to church on Sunday and live like hell on Monday. And he said, I don't want it to be fake. I want it to be real. And I said, man, I had tears in my eyes. I promise you, man, if, you, if you'll mean it, God will save you today. God will save you today. And, boy, he bowed his head, and, and he got saved. And I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what, it was unbelievable. Just a few months later, just a little while later, as another fella came to church. He had long hair down past his shoulders. He was a chicken fighter. I mean, a real one gas and all say amen i mean a rough dude he comes in and sits on the second row and he got saved and i thought man this is great and what i didn't know is the year before that just 
little while before that, before they had both come to church, Paul's on the back row, and he's up here on the second row. And I see them talk a little bit after church, and they kind of grin at each other. And then Paul told me the story. Paul said, just, just a while back, he said, we was in the bar, and I had some of my brothers, and he had some of his brothers, and, and we got into a discussion. Imagine what kind of discussion you can have in a juke joint. Well, in the discussion, Paul was on top of him ready to discuss. And right before he drilled him, he said, man, if you just let me get my brothers and get out of here, we, we'll get out of here. Paul said, okay. So he went to get up. Well, he come up with a knife and was going to cut Paul. Well, his buddy guy said, hey, Paul, look. And, he, and that guy cut him from the top, bottom of his ear all the way down to his chin. And the discussion was on. Say amen. Now, I'm telling you, I was a missionary. They're in church now. Both of them got saved. And they looked at each other and said, Paul, you ever think we'd be in a place like this? Talking about church. And they started laughing and said, no, no way, no way. The point is this. If you ever have anything to say bad about me, you better not say it around them two. Because one will beat you and the other will cut you. Say amen. Now, I've got family back in the corner. Uncle Chucky, am I exaggerating this any whatsoever? He's one of the greatest friends I have. If I called him, if I called him today, however long it took for a Harley Davidson to get from Barnwell, uh, South Carolina, to Coleman, Alabama, that's how long, probably less because he'd break every rule there was on the highway. You know why? Because he had a problem. And one day, 2 o'clock in the morning, I shared with him how to fix his problem. And I found the greatest friend I've ever had. Listen, if we want to be a true missionary, all you got to do is help somebody with a problem. Don't look at people with problems as a nuisance anymore. Just think about this. They may be the next greatest friend you'll ever have. And all God's people said,